All right, my disciple and my local church. Have we been having a good time? So let's see where we can put this to a close. We've been studying making disciples, right? So and we said that, and I've always told you over the years that the local church is the wisdom of God and a platform for discipleship. So this is because a disciple is a student, one who is being thought, Thoughts and thoughts, discipleship revolves learning. They are learning. So, as school is important to students in providing rights and necessary environment and all of those things, so also is the local church for the disciple. The local church is important for your disciples. The local church is the school of discipleship. It is important. You cannot jeopardize the role of a local church to your disciples. You can't. You can't. So a believer carrying out the mission of Christ will establish men in the local church. So as you are carrying out the mission of Christ, what you have at your foreground or at your background is how these men will be established in the church. So, the importance of the local church in discipleship cannot be overemphasized. It cannot. It cannot be overemphasized. It cannot. In Matthew, 18, Matthew 28, verse 28, 18 to Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, And Jesus came to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. So the local church plays an important role in how this will be achieved. It plays an important role in how this will be achieved. It plays an important role. So every believer has been, and I told you before, that every believer has been given the, the ministry or the responsibility of preaching and teaching. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 to 21, you will see it there. It says he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. In Ephesians 4 verse 12, it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you already know that every believer has the responsibility of making disciples. Say, I have the responsibility. You're not sounding like you mean it. Of making disciples. You have the responsibility. So it should be noted that these disciples are firstly the disciples of the local church. You shouldn't have a disciple you are keeping to yourself, packing to your life. That is a wrong spirit. That is not how to be in unity. No, you shouldn't have a disciple you are just amassing to your own self. No, they are. So you can say, they are my disciple, but a disciple of this church. Because you are teaching them what the church is teaching. So, it should be noted that disciples are firstly the disciples of the local church. So as a teacher, 
as the teacher is to extend the work of a pastor, what is your work? What are you, if you are going to have your cell meeting today, those of you in our different ministry locations and all of those things, if you are teaching, what is your work in that place? You are extending my work in that place. You are not doing what we did not do. You are not doing what I did not teach you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are extending the work there. You are extending it. So, there must be singularity of leadership. There must be. There must be singularity of leadership. Moses was a leader. And he delegated responsibilities. You read in Exodus 18 verse 13 to 27. He chose men. He chose men. And they were given authority by Moses. He chose men. Exodus 18, verse 13 to Those were chosen and given authority by Moses to teach and judge the people of Israel in Moses' stead. And they were accountable to him. They were. Another example was seen in Numbers 11 verse 24. Look at Numbers 11 verse 24. Go there. Numbers 11 verse 24. Are you there? It says that, And Moses went out, and the Lord told uh, no, notice that I told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around the tabernacle. Look at it, verse 25, very key. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spake unto him and took the spirit that was upon him. Now, look at something. The Lord did not give, the Lord did not say, Take my spirit. Are you seeing it? The Lord did not say, the Lord did not say, now take the Holy Spirit, take the Lord's Spirit. No, the Lord took the spirit of Moses and put it upon the 70 elders. That is discipleship. He took the spirit that was upon him and gave it to the 70 elders. So, the ministry was Moses and they were to aid as a function of delegated authority. That is to help in discharging that duty. All of you are my extension. You are assisting my work. What God has called me to do. So it simply means what God called me to do is what God has called you to do. Are you seeing it now? So the believers are given the responsibility to teach in the local church. And they are acting. So you are acting on a delegated responsibility. Delegated authority. And such, you must be accountable. Tell your neighbor, say, you must be accountable. You must be accountable. That is why we submit reports. You are accountable to the one who has given you the work. That is the pastor of the church. So it is important for us to note that your work is not separate from the local church. We are all working together as a team. Your work is not separate from what you are doing here. For what we are doing here, rather, it is an expression and extension of the work of the pastor. 
Are you seeing it now? You, it is like saying, it is like saying, you are standing in your ministry location in my stead. Like say I am standing. Does that make sense? So, Jesus delegated his responsibilities in also dealing with his disciples. Prior to the resurrection, he taught them, Matthew 10, verse 1 to 5. He said they should go and preach, heal the sick, do all of those things. Luke 9, verse 1 to 2. He called the twelve, gave them power to call cures. He sent them to preach. Luke 10, verse 1. He said the Lord appointed 70 also. He appointed 70. They were to act in his authority. They were to act in his name. When he rose from the dead, Mark 16, verse 15 to 18, he gave us the same authority. So, as a pastor, I am acting on Jesus' stead. Are you seeing it? As a follower of a pastor, you are acting on my stead. Are you seeing it? That is the responsibility. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, he gave us the, he gave us the same responsibility. Very instructive. He says, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. So, what will the apostles do when they were teaching? They were to extend the ministry of Jesus to the people. So, when they say disciples... So they can say disciples of Peter, but an extension of disciples of Jesus. Are you seeing it? Because it's the same thing. That is why a pastor must fix on the word. We don't teach you our mind. We teach you the words. Because, you know, the meaning of that is that you are pointing men back to Jesus. Are you seeing it? So if we can now say you are a disciple of the supernatural church now, but you can also say you are a disciple of Jesus because we teach you the word. I mean, have I come here to teach you myself? Throughout this weekend, have I, what have I been teaching you? Scriptures. So that's why in John, in, so they were to teach what they have been taught. Don't teach what we have not taught in this, in this church. That is a rebellious attitude. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't share or a book or a something that we have not taught. That we have not endorsed. That shows you are already creating a sect and a faction. Are you getting me, guys? You are not doing the responsibility that God has called us to do. Everything, we must be in one accord as a local church. We must. John 21, verse 15 to 17, he says, Love it thou me, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. And who are his sheep? Remember, we said, the sheep are men who have obeyed the voice. He says, my sheep hear me, I know them, and they follow me. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Remember, let there be light now. My sheep hear my voice, they know them, and they follow me. So the sheep are being referred to the disciples of Jesus. So Jesus laid the foundations and precedents of how the local church has to function. So there must be someone of whom others are accountable to. You cannot just say, we are all a group. All of us are just, all of us are pastors. Who is the leader? Some people will create what's happening and say, all of you will be sharing your opinion. What is that? What is sharing your opinion? There must be a definite leadership. Anything that has no head, nothing will grow. Nothing will grow there. Where there is no head, nothing grows. So, there is a definite leadership seen in the office of the pastor in the local church. Definite leadership. 
in your several ministry locations, we have definite leadership there. Are you getting what I'm saying? So as people come in, they join the leadership. They follow what is being said. So as they follow the leadership, can we say they are following what we are doing here? That's it. First Peter 5 verse 1 to, to 3. It says, feed the sheep of God. In verse 4, verse 5, verse, it says, feed the sheep. First Peter 5. So the elders who are shepherd have dual responsibility of teaching and having oversight function over the church. He instructed, in that first Peter 5, he instructed the younger elders to submit to the, to, 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 to the elders. Mom assured one, who will submit to him being the most senior elder in the church. In first Peter 2 verse 21, look at first Peter 2, 21 to 22. First Peter 2, 21 to 22, you should be there. First Peter 2, 21 to 22. It says, for even there unto you where you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us as an example, that ye should follow his step. It says, for ye were sheep going astray, but ye are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So thus, himself and other elders, he appointed a hundred shepherds. So, it suffice for us to say, that Peter taught them the same thing Jesus taught. And the younger elders are expected to teach the same. Because they are under shepherds. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. Go there. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. You should be there already now. Is, are you there? Let's read it together. I want to ready go. I'm not hearing your voice. I'm not hearing your voice. I want to ready go. So he says, commit to what? Say, I am faithful. You're not sound like you mean it. You are faithful. We shall be able to teach others also. So you are not teaching what we've not said. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are teaching the same thing. That is called faithful person. So it is clear that the elders are to teach what is being taught by the pastor of the church. So it is there and that, so, and that is order amongst leadership. That's order. Look at it in 1 Timothy 1 verse 3. 1 Timothy 1 verse 3. Look at what Paul said. To Timothy, he says, I besought thee to assign, ab abide still at Ephesus when I went to Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that teach no other what? No other teaching. No other teaching. So, Ephesus, the apostles' disciples, there. And don't forget, in this is Ephesus. So look at it in Ephesus, verse 3. He said, I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. Don't forget, that same, this is the same guys. He got, feed, he, he got saved in Acts 19. That he said, have you believed the Holy Ghost since you received? This is the same guys now. That Timothy, is, he now sent to Timothy. That Timothy, sorry, that Timothy is, is now sending Timothy to go and meet. That they should not teach another thing because they are already trying to do it. They, and don't forget, Paul got them saved. God bought them filled. 
He started teaching them daily to the internet that they are matured. And they later became elders. In Acts 20, verse 17 to 19, you see that they became elders. In Acts 20, Paul told them that they should take heed. Acts 20, verse 28, he says, Take it to yourself and to the flock which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. In Acts 20, verse 29, he says, For I know this. Paul even warned them in Acts 20, verse 29. He says, For I know this. That after my departing, grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flocks. Also of your own self, men shall arise, in, speaking the perverse things and draw away disciples for the sake. He warned them in Acts 20, verse 28 to 29. He warned them. He said that certain people who we heard as giving responsibility to you will draw disciples to themselves. Don't do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? As you are raising disciples, bring them to the church. Make them committed to what we are doing. Let them start submitting report. Let the workers' group start increasing. Are you getting me? Stop having a cultic mind that is just only a few people. Stop having a cultic mind. God wants more millions of people to be doing what you are doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? And he says, and this, and how do people draw away disciples to say when people start doing that thing, packing disciples, just know it. They are starting to teach something else. They are beginning to teach something else. First Timothy 1, verse 3, 2, 4. Says, I besought you that you abide still. Says, neither give it to fables, neither envious genealogies, which minister question, rather than godly edified. So Paul, being the pastor of the local church of Ezra, gave Timothy the responsibility of overseeing the elders. Dear, to teach disciples the same thing they've been taught. We should be able to send you now to Croatia. Croatia. And we know that you will teach the same thing. We should be able to send you to Argentina and know that ah, this person is faithful, he will teach the same thing. We should be able to. We should have that confidence in you. That's how Paul, Paul had that confidence in Timothy. He could say Timothy. Paul had to say it that I have no man like-minded in Philippians 2. Like Timothy. He says for others seek their own. Paul knew that Timothy will not change. You should be like that. Because as we start growing, as we start having cell meetings, different fellowship centers, the same thing. Tell your neighbor, say the same thing. The same prayer. The same teaching. The same culture. The same culture. In Titus 1 verse 9, Titus 1 verse 9. Not that you are drawing disciples. Why is your disciple not in church? But they are filling up your fellowship meeting and they are not coming to Sunday service. Something is looming. Are you getting what I'm saying? And once you, you that you observe it, quickly speak up. Because sometimes the person might not know it. Something is looming. Your disciples are filling up your fellowship meeting. And they are not filling up the church service. You are drawing away. Then you are trying to pack your own. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are doing follow-up. Five people are coming to your follow-up meeting. They are there on Tuesday. They are there on Wednesday. Why are they not there on Sunday? You are not, because you did not invite them. You don't want them to come. Something is wrong with your heart. So when you are coming for meetings... 
Why would you not bring your disciples? I expect that when you guys are coming for meetings later this year, you are bringing boss, packing all of them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If that you even have to fly certain people, fly them down. So Paul be the pastor. You see, look at Titus 1 verse 9. He says, holding fast to faithful words as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. In verse 10. So he started them to teach as they have been taught. In verse 10, that says, and there are many unruly vain talkers, deceivers, and especially they that are the circumcisions whose mouth must be stopped. Those, those attitudes are so unruly. In verse 13, he says, this is the way they wherefore rebuke them sharply. Come upon their soul. Are you getting me? You have disciples, they are just teaching people, teaching people, they are not bringing disciples to their church. Rebuke them sharply. What are you doing? I'm coming to die your meeting. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's trying, that disciple is trying to change it. But you too, you would have trained the person so that the person is stable enough. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not that you will not. You will not teach anybody, so you don't say, go and teach disciple. You have not taught him anything. He has not listened to Zanka. He said, you go and teach. What is he going to teach? He doesn't listen to the word. He doesn't listen to what we say. You know, he should go and teach. Teach what? He will teach what you know. He does go to you and say, you know, Christ is good. The light is the darkness. And the darkness is the light. So all the elders are to carry on with the teaching ministry of the pastor. All of you here, you are to carry on with the teaching ministry of the church. Does that make sense? That is how disciples are multiplying. They are to carry on with the teaching ministry of the pastor of the church. And never see authority delegated to them as a platform for their own ministry. Paul warned them specifically. This, so that is why there must be submission. That's why we submit reports. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are monitoring what you are doing. We, those of you in your ministry location, all of you know, you submit your teaching notes. Abi, you submit it. I need to know what you are teaching. What did you teach in your service? You submit teaching notes. You submit before, you submit after, you submit your report after. Some of you don't know, they submit reports. Everybody. After their service, I know I monitor what they are saying, what they said, who came to the service. That's submission. I did the same thing today. If I'm still doing the same thing, they, they did not send me. They did not send me to do it. You don't understand. I'm the pastor of this church. I can do what I want to do. They did not say, but I still submitted my own report. Accountability. I want my life to. I want. I want my life to be. Somebody should lead me. I don't want to be a man of my own. That's why the devil will now start whispering different thoughts to you. Just, just teach them the darkness in the the darkness in the in the poopoo. I was saying, why do you think your poopoo is black? The Greek word for poo-poo is poo-poo. Uh, 
You know, you're teaching different things. No. I thought let there be light this service. And if all people were in the service, even offering, this is how much we collected. I do it. They did not send me. Ah, this is on record. It's okay. They did not send me. In fact, they didn't even check it. In fact, sometimes it's okay. Ah, talk about that thing. So, let's discuss something else. Me, I'm not ready. This one, let's let's deal with this one first. So, once my life want to enter junction, so we can quickly <laughs> pick me back up. Are you getting what I'm saying? If me, I still do it. Who are you? Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, all those times I was going to Nordrim, all those times we were preaching in different, all those different places, I was submitting report. We had Nordrim people, this and that and that, everything like that. I will show you one day. I will show you the list, how I do it. Everything. Let them proper oversight. I've chosen that he will lead me. Proper. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not that this, they did not send me. But, ah, you have somebody's contact <laughs> on your WhatsApp. Ah, just <laughs> maximize the potential. Abi. <laughs> So never think it is they are controlling your life. What's control? Better don't go and listen to social media stupidity. What's control in your life? They are trying to place your life in, in, in good order. You see, they are controlling your life. They are making sure that you don't make mistakes. You see, they are controlling your life. Be accountable. Tell your neighbor, say be accountable. Yeah. Don't make decisions without telling your pastor. You want to get a job, you want to get this, you want to take this, you just take it. You now come and say, we did it. What do you want me to do at that time? And don't come and say, God is leading me to your pastor. That's not how to talk. Are you hearing me? Don't use that phrase. So if you say, God is leading me, you have put me on a box. Will I say, no, God is not leading you. Lead yourself. You say, pastor, I think that's how we're taught. They said, this God will lead me to do. I will share with my pastor. I said, no. No, now. Two years from now. Ah. I said, sir. I just think. Say, no. No, now. Why are you in a rush? Does he want to call me? Calm down. Farabale. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Said, Thank you, sir. That's, that's what he called me for. When me, I was like, ah, sir, you know, when you are prayed, you are seeing something in this way. Sir, let me just go this way. No. But if I've gone to say, sir, as I now prayed more in the, you know, you will always feel that way. But I was late. 
As I now prayed more, I found out that, ah, many a times God will talk to you today. You will be thinking it is now, now, not knowing it is tomorrow. Ah, so I was like, thank God, thank God, thank God, that's how I made mistake. I will not, do you know what I used to do after those times? Maybe if it takes me a week or two to go, I will not go and highlight that text message. I am so sorry, sir. Now I understand better. Thank you, sir. <laughs> That's what I do. Maybe if it takes you two, I will go and lie. He will ask me, say, I'm sure you understand what is happening. He will now smile. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be accountable. Let your life go in the right direction. Are you getting me? I don't know why I said that. Anyway, Acts 1 verse 5, 15. Since that day, Peter stood up, definite leadership. Acts 2 verse 7, 37 to 38, Peter stood up. Peter stood up among the 11, definite leadership. Acts 3 verse 1, Peter, you see Acts 3 verse 1 to 6, Peter was talking. Verse 8, Peter was talking. Acts 5, Peter was talking. Acts 5 verse 3 to 9, Peter was talking. So the disciples submitted to Peter. They did. They submitted to Peter's leadership. At 6 verse 1, Peter was talking. As the number increased and they were to choose men and responsibilities. Who spoke? Peter. At 6 verse 9, you start seeing sleeping. The apostles now started doing what Peter was doing. They preached the gospel, did the wonder, started doing things. The same thing that Jesus told them in Mark, Matthew 4 verse 23. Matthew 28, verse 20, same thing. You see Philip, at 8, verse 5, they were not doing what the disciples were doing, but they were men of that authority. That's why it seemed like, how many of you have noticed that when you read those scriptures, you see, Peter, they now say, when they go to a city, let's say Philip go to a city now and preach, they say, they send for Peter and John to come and get their few. It's not that they cannot get their few. It's authority. Submission. That's what they are doing. They have been taught now. I don't know if you are getting the gist. They suffer for Peter and John. Please come on. We want to submit. This is also an outskirt of our ministry. Are you seeing it? At 18, verse 4. In At 18, verse 14. At 8, verse 14. Sorry. At 8, verse 14. This is when the apostles were at Jerusalem and heard that Samaria has received the word. What did they do? Go and read it. At 8, verse 14. What did they do? At 8.14. They said what? They said then Peter and John. Meaning they're submitting it to the local church. Philip reported what was done to the police. This shows accountability. So once you see that somebody is just a massive disciple to himself, a massive, what is he doing? Bring them to church. Let's see the disciple. You say you have disciple. We don't know him. We don't know if he's, he's not following us on SoundCloud. His name is not there. He's not on our mailing list. He's not on our, uh, what are you doing? They sent for Peter and John to come and help them strengthen the work there. So the disciples I have are the disciples of my local church. Say the disciples I have are the disciples of my local church. Tell your neighbor, say the disciples you have are the disciples of your local church. So one of the major attributes of calling someone disciples is that he or she follows you to church. You don't have a disciple 
if the person does not follow you to church, you don't do. You don't. That is, the person is feeding from where you feed, is serving with you. So you must ensure that the person is committed to church, is committed to your fellowship, is committed to you in that ministry location. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have a disciple if he or she does not follow you to church. You don't. You don't. You don't. So let's look at as gradually, gradually as we I'm trying to rush up everything. Let's look at discipleship activities in the church. This, the activities of discipleship in the local church. Because I told us that as believers, we are taught and trained by the pastor, right? Yes. We are taught and trained by the pastor, right? Yes, so that is why I do the teaching, right? Yes, My voice, don't record your message. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Let us have one that everybody is listening to. Does that make sense? Yes, so let there be an extension of the voice. Is it making sense, guys? You are teaching, you are preaching, don't record. Whatever you want to record, we've recorded it already. Does that make sense? Let there be one voice spreading around the local church. Tell your neighbor, say, let there be one voice spreading around the local church. So when they come for meetings, what we are doing is not strange. They've heard it. I like it when I went to those guys there. And those guys will say, we've heard your voice. We know how you talk. It's like, hey. He said, yeah. I heard this. I said, that's good. He said, ah, we, we are used to the way you talk. In fact, um, Kini will say, I used to hear you talk about linear Messi every time. So anytime Messi wins a match, he said, did you watch this one? That's how she talked. The one in Qatar, that's how she talked. Did you watch this one? Hey, man, you has won today, Abby. He said, don't worry, Pastor. We are coming for you. I don't know the club she belongs. She said she doesn't belong to anyone, but she belongs to what was, she wants to be against my own. Just like um, Abraham and the Yadi and uh, so, and um, and God pun- and those that God wants to punish too. <laughs> so that, <laughs> the ones that their their own life is all who. So that is, that is it. It shows they've heard the voice. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is it. One voice spreading around. You are going to teach. You are going to preach. You are going to train me. But we are all working together in unity. There is the pastor. Yes, you are pastoring your whole place. But there is still the what? The pastor. There are things you can do for your disciple I cannot do for you. You are the one that knows your disciple. I cannot. There are some of your disciples that will, I will never have their contact. Are you getting what I'm saying? But they are following us, Abby. They are growing. They are doing our church, Abby. They are doing all of those things. As believers are being taught, are trained by the pastor of the local church, they ought to communicate the same training to their disciple. They ought to. You ought to communicate the same thing. The same intensity of our prayer, the same intensity of giving, the same intensity of honor, the same intensity of teaching. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are, so that shows you are going to take your teaching ministry serious, Abby? Because we take teaching here serious, right? Systematic, patient. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
you take it line by line, precept upon precept. And it should be done by precept and by example. You're not just doing ruru to the teaching. None of our materials have ruru to the teaching. Scriptures upon scriptures. Step upon step. Are you getting what I'm saying? Deliberacy. You are doing the same thing. And the essence of the activities is that the believers, the disciples, is fed the word. And that is leading to his spiritual growth. So let's see some activities. Number one, teaching. What are the things, what are the activities done in the local church, in your cell meetings, in your teaching meetings? What are the activities? Teaching. Number one, teaching. Say teaching. teaching. So in the book of Acts, Luke recorded that the apostles' disciples continued in Acts 2 verse 42. He says they continued steadfastly the apostles' doctrine, fellowship and the breaking of bread. They were teaching. They were being taught. So you are going to teach, Abby? In your ministry location, there should be what? Teaching. So this explains why believers were referred to as disciples. And what are you teaching? What we have taught, Abby? Right? In Acts 1 verse 15, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the names of the people and all of those things. In Acts 6 verse 1, as disciples multiplied, the disciples, and, and what did I say? Disciples are students, one who is learning. Right? What is he learning? The word, right? The word we are teaching. Acts 6 verse 4, it says, but we will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word and prayer. So, in the teaching of God's word, so the teaching of God's word is primary. You can't substitute. You have to teach. Then nobody say, say you have to teach. Look at the person. Say you will teach. Ah. You see, I've been teaching since Friday. And I'm still teaching. And I'm still going to teach. He's doing me like tomorrow. I should even teach. I say, ah, Pastor, please, let's, let's be coming down. See, there's only day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those in Rochester knew. Is there no holiday? Even do. Who will you serve this one? We will meet soon. Observe this. You know where we will meet. That one is normal. That one is normal. That one is constant. It's not, uh, you already know it since 2019. Bible seminar. That one is, we've never celebrated it since 2019. It's normal. After. But I would have thought. By so tell your neighbor, say you will teach. The Lord told me, says new teachers are emerging. And it's not just that, your disciples are going to be teachers. So the teaching of the word is primary activity in the local church. So in discipleship, you must therefore take advantage of teaching meetings. Bring people to teaching meetings. It will make them grow. Bible seminar. It's not just you that will be attending Bible seminar. Bring them there. Are you getting me? Let them grow. And this includes Sunday service, midweek service, special meetings, other meetings in the local church. I expect that you are, you are 
in your head you are planning out the kind of bus you will order in the later in the year to pack people. So teaching. Say teaching. teaching. Number two, prayer. Jesus in his earthly ministry taught his disciples prayer by precept and by example. So when you teach prayer, don't just leave people to just go and wait on God. Take them to pray. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> Does that make sense? Practicalize what you taught. You just see, why do we pray aloud? After the why do we pray aloud, you will now what? Pray aloud. Does that make sense? Because many of you, you just teach and say, glory, glory, glory. Then you go, you are never praying aloud. You will practicalize it for them and they will now pray aloud. Does that make sense? Yeah. Eh, that is how to teach by precept or by example. In Luke 11 verse 1, Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Luke 11 1 to 4. Matthew 26, 37. Jesus took his disciples to pray. In the book of Acts, you will see Heart 1 verse 14. Prayer was pray, prayer and supplication on me. Heart 2 verse 42. They continued in prayer. Heart 4 verse 23 to 31. They prayed. Heart 3 verse 1. They, it says they, in the ninth hour they went to pray. Heart 12 verse 5. They, when Peter was kept in prison, the Bible says, and prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. In Acts 3 verse 9, it says, Now Peter and John went up in the, temp in the, in, in, in the temple at the hour of prayer being the night hour. So for the children of Israel, the day, let me tell you the calend how the calendar works. For the children of Israel, the, when they say day, day starts 6 a.m. And it's implied that night hour will mean 3 p.m. So in the book of Acts, there are prayer times. So each church, each ministry location, you must have your prayer time. Does that make sense? This is our day of prayer, three hours. Are you getting what I'm saying? If they cannot do three, because they will grow, they can start with 30 minutes and you can tell them to be going home. They can start with one hour and tell them to be going. Are you getting what I'm saying? But as they keep coming, you say, ah, stay to the three hours. Stay the three hours. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. Prayer meetings. So there must be hour of prayer. The book of Acts indicate that they, they add hours of prayer. They have regular times of prayer. And that is what we call prayer meetings in our today's world. So the apostles were not just present in prayer, they were not just present in prayer meeting. They ensured that every member of the local church was present. In Acts 12, verse 12, it says, it says, when they considered these things and they came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose son was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So, the epistles also are full of instructions for the church and believers to pray. So, in the epistles, you will find how to pray. You will find the spirit-inspired prayers that your disciples are expected to pray. Don't just tell them, pray for your life. Don't be like you had it many years ago. Can we just pray for our life? No, am I? no she doesn't even shout like that. She will start soliloquizing. She will want to leave prayer you don't be, those are the times you don't be thinking, God, has my labor not died? She'll come and say, let's just pray for our life. <laughs> so now, how do you pray? 
Number one, you pray for ministers of the gospel. How do you pray? You pray for ministers of the gospel. Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. Write that down. How do you pray? Number one, you pray for ministers of the gospel. These are things you teach your disciples. That they should learn to pray for pastor. Learn to pray for ministers. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? They should learn to pray for pastor. Romans 15, verse 30 to 31. Ephesians 16. Ephesians 6, sorry. 18 to 20. Colossians 4, 2 to 3. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 1 to 2. I'll say it again. Romans 15, 30 to 31. Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. Colossians 4, 2 to 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 to 2. You pray for your pastor. You pray for ministers of the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you are teaching prayer, those are the things you are emphasizing. When you are leading prayer, those are the things you are emphasizing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Romans 15, 13 to 31, Ephesians, 18, Ephesians 6, 18 to 20, Colossians 4, 2 to 3, 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 to 2. You are praying for pastor that the word of God is spreading. The word of God is having a fit cause. You are praying that his earth is preserved. You are praying that things go well. You are praying that the word of God, are you getting what? You are praying that his strength, you are praying that he has no trust and boldness to minister. You are praying. You are praying for his family, his business, his everything. You are praying. Because if the pastor is preserved, the ministry will keep going. God forbid I die today. God forbid. It's not, it can't happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Exactly. You keep praying. Because as our, the devil does not like how we are shining the light. So we are in the face of attack. You just keep praying. So those are things you are teaching your disciples. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Number two, you pray for fellow believers. You are praying for your disciple. You are praying for all the church members in church. You are praying for the workers and members. Are you getting what I'm saying? How do you pray for that? Ephesians 6, 18. Colossians 4, 12. Epaphras, a fellow servant, saluted you, laboring fervently, that, that you stand perfect and complete the will of God. You are praying for fellow believers. That will mean your disciples. That will mean your friends. That will mean your church members, the workers in your church, the, lab the laborers in your church. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are praying. So Ephesians 6, 18. Colossians 4, 12 to 13. Because Epaphras is Paul's disciples who has learned from Paul by precept and by example. So that's why Epaphras was praying for them. He has learned. And how did he learn it? You will see in Ephesians 1, verse 16. Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. Ephesians 1, verse 16 to 23 prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, make mention. So there's a mention. You are, sometimes you are mentioning names. I make mention of you in my prayer. I thank my God I do the same too for all of you. I make mention. Sometimes I'm mentioning all of you's name. Pray. Just pray. So you will see in Ephesians 1, verse 4 to 6, it says, it says that, that they, they, they pray that. Um, that, uh, that they will increase in, in, in Philippians, not Philemon, Joe. Philippians 1, verse 4 to 6, 4 to, 4 to 10, sorry, 4 to 10. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 10. It says, This I pray that your love be about yet more and more in all knowledge, in all judgments, in sense that you may approve things that are excellent. You are praying that for your disciples, pray that for your church members. Paul wrote to the letters in Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Philemon, and he, you will see his ceaseless attitude to the, to the way he prayed for saints there. 
So you are teaching your disciples to pray for sin. Not just pray for your life. Pray for your this. Pray for your pray for your car to move. Pray for, no. You're teaching them. That's why we have those materials. Are you getting make use of it? The Pauline prayers. Are you getting what I'm saying? Make use of it to teach them. We have different ways to pray. Make use of those things. Those are discipleship materials. So that they can understand how to pray. Does it make sense? Colossians 1 verse 9 to 11. Those, that's a prayer. Philemon 1 verse 4 to 6. That's a prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So they pray for pastor, right? They pray for fellow believers. You find the rest in the material. <laughs> so go and use it. <laughs> so teach them prayer. Does that make sense? And go and listen to all our series of prayer. And the more we will still do. Let's go to Gethsemane. By the time we are done, by the time we by the time we reach the place, you know it's a journey. Say let's go. You know? <laughs> On the way. No, no. Let's go there. So number one acti- um, activity of the church is what? Preaching. Number one activity of the church is what? Preaching. Number two? Prayer. Number three, evangelism. Very key. Introduce evangelism immediately. As you are teaching them as they are growing, introduce evangelism. It is key. It's a key culture. Sometimes be use your discretion. But pray. But introduce it. Paul said, Ephesians 4 verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So from his explanation, it's evidence that service is the proof of spiritual growth. People are responsible for the lives of others. That means every believer is being fed God's word to the end at which they are being involved in the work of ministry. That they are teaching. That the prayer meeting you are holding for them. Everything is so that they will do ministry. Why do we pray in our church the way we pray? So that you will do ministry. So that you are, you are effective in the work of ministry. Why are we teaching you the God's word? So that you will know ministry and so that you will teach others. You are effective in it. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21, 20, it says we have received the ministry of reconciliation. Every believer has received the ministry of reconciliation. Every believer. In Mark 16, verse 15. To 20, say we should go and preach the gospel. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Is, so every believer has been given a preaching and teaching ministry. Say, I have been given, have been given a preaching and teaching ministry. You're not sound like you mean I have been given a preaching and teaching ministry. Following the persecution of the church in Jerusalem, the Bible says in Acts 8, they went everywhere preaching. After Acts 8, they went everywhere preaching. Everywhere. Since they were scattered abroad and went everywhere, at 8 verse 4, and went everywhere preaching. Ah, you are not writing again. You have gone, you have zoned off. Tony Benson. So it should be observed that the whole church was involved in preaching the gospel. The whole church. 
So following the pattern of the scriptures, the local church must therefore ensure that the disciples are continually being trained to participate in outreaches. So you, so you can do something on a Sunday, right? Tell them, Wednesday. On your Sunday service, tell them Wednesday, we are all going for outreach. Are you getting what I'm saying? Wednesday, 7 p.m., we are all going for outreach. Let's go and preach. For just one hour, let's just go and talk. We'll go to, we'll be on campus, we'll have preached. You just, we'll be on campus. We'll just, I taught you the world of prayer and evangelism yesterday. So as they come together, 7 p.m., you first pray. Are you? Yes, sir. Then you now set off. You pray for ultras, right? Yes, Boldness, right? Yes, you send them off. Does that make sense? So, every believer must be involved. You see why the local church matters now? Now, so also in your cell meetings, in your ministry location, you are doing the same, right? You can just say, yeah, we've been studying gospel. Let's just go. Let's just go and preach tomorrow. Let's just go and talk to somebody about this. Don't you want, you know? So, we say number one is what? Number two? Number three? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number four, giving. Giving. Tell your neighbor, say giving. Another important activity of the church is giving. The epistles were allowed on giving. Paul gave instruction to the local church in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 to 2. He says, now concerning the collection of the saints, I give order to the churches of Galatia. Even so do ye, upon the first day of the week, that everyone should lay upon him everything, how the Lord has, that is, in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. So it is implied that the instruction is to give weekly. Weekly giving is part of discipleship. One, when you are preparing your, your disciples for church, hope you have your offerings. Hope you have your givings. Are you getting what I'm saying? Givings. That is in their services. Believers were instructed to give. When they come to church, when they come together. So a disciple is being taught to give in every service in church. So that way, he is trained to support the church financially. He is. He is. So in the epistles, believers says, in the epistles, believers were taught and instructed to do so. Now, who do you give to in the church? Number one, you give to the minister of the gospel. Romans 15, verse 26 to 27. You give. He says, he pleased them of Macedonia and Acre that sat a contribution for the poor of the state of Jerusalem and he pleased them and all of those things. Romans 15, verse 26 to 27. Romans 15, 26. 1 Corinthians 9, 11 to 13. 14 says, Shall we not reap your carnal gift? Paul said, could, could I not reap your carnal gift? Galatians 6 verses. Let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. You give to your pastor. You give to your leaders. Does that mean say you give to the ministers of the gospel? I cannot see my pastor without him, without giving him something. It's not possible. There are ministries I give to personally. Tomorrow now, there's a ministry that I'm supposed to pay their church rent. Personally, you must give. Tell your neighbor, say you must give. give. Learn to sponsor your money for the gospel. 
Galatians 6, verse 6. First Timothy 5, verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted of worthy of double honor. So you give to your pastor. I'm going to do a teaching someday. Maybe this year or maybe next year. How to take care of your pastor. <laughs> Don't worry. So it's your responsibility. You give to pastors. Not just say, thank you, pastor. You blessed me today. This blessed me. Ah, you minister to me. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 9, yes, I know we minister to you. Can we not also reap your carnal gift? <laughs> thank you, pastor. You, you spoke to me. So we have never given your pastor anything in this life. Ah, ah. Tell your neighbor, say, repent. Repent. Give. Number two, you give to fellow believers. And in our local church, we have pastoral, we call it pastoral care, where we spend for welfare. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1 to 2. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 12. It says, concerning the administration of service that supplies in the wants of the saints, but, but abundance as many the things given to God. 2 Corinthians, that's 2 Corinthians 9 to 12. Galatians 6, verse 10. It says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those that are of the household of faith. Ephesians 4, verse 28, 1, Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. So you give, so one thing in our local church is we have pastoral uh, care, such that we handle the needs of people. We give financially to people. Are you getting what I'm saying? So your, your giving in our local church also reaches the needy. Does that make sense? It's assist, we assist people. We don't just come and disgrace people. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's why we, we and don't go and just be giving unnecessary giving to people. There's a way to give. Does that make sense? I'm going to teach all of that later. So, it's just like how in um, in Philemon 1, verse 6 to 7, too, you see, Philemon was known to be hospitable via his giving. He says, he refreshed my... Paul said, Paul, look at how Paul talked about Philemon. He says, this guy refreshed my bowels. <laughs> so, a believer ought to be hospitable. Say, tell your neighbor, say, be hospitable. Be giving. Be a, be a giving believer. Be very hospitable. Be very homely. Hey, do you want this? Do you be very like that? So, and as a local church, we do that. We help people. As people come, we tell them, do you have any issue? We're going to be there for you. There are students who have needs, we help them. We have this, we help them. We, we just don't share it around. So, we're not disgracing anybody. Are you getting what I'm saying? But there are things like that we help. Number three, we give to the needs of the church. We are trying to reach the world right now. That's our need. That's our responsibility. We are taking the, the gospel to the nations, going to different places, different. We give to the needs of the church. Romans 16, verse 23. It says, Gaius, my host, and the old church saluted thee. Erastus, the Chamberlain, the city saluted you and quarters a brother. So Gaius hosted Paul and other ministry associates who, would have, who, who have been with him preaching and teaching. 
John even said concerning Gaius in that. John spoke about Gaius, that same Gaius that Paul talked about in Romans 16, verse 18. Paul John talked about him in 3 John 1, verse 5. He said, Gaius. So Gaius was known to be a supporter of the local church materially. So it's not just that you are good in evangelism, you are good in teaching, you are good in prayer, you are not good in, in giving. You must be good everywhere. That's how to be a Christian. They give to the need of the local church. And you know the local church has responsibilities. We have different things we are doing. We are trying to get materials done. We are trying to... ah, We have a lot we are doing. And there is still more we will do. And we need money. So it's not amen. We need money. Hallelujah. So as we are giving, we will pay church rent. We will pay for... Thank God somebody is handling our SoundCloud payment. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we will pay for different things. We have a, 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 we have to buy different things. We want to beautify church. We want to do this. We want to send materials. We have to, you know, we have so many things just so that people are catching the word. That's how to spend money so to, for, for ministry to hear the word. Not to say that we'll be, we'll be doing rose petals. So when people enter, they say, welcome to church. And I'll be bringing petals. And they are late comers. So they don't know how to preach the gospel. And we are doing glory cloud this year. The power of our God. And we are doing rose petals for them. That's not it. Too. We are buying money to buy rose petals. God forbid. You can never have So when I start stand and carry placards. So those will be taking notes and be lifting his hand in the service. And I say, you are welcome. And I carry placard. You are welcome. We will just do your welcome sign. If you like, don't be welcome. You see that? Don't, <laughs> don't sit down and take note that. And let's hear the words. <laughs> you can see what I'm saying. So we give to the local church. Tell your neighbor, say we give to the local church. We give to the local church. We also give to the poor. Galatians 2 verse 10. John and the writers of the book of Hebrews wrote about entertaining strangers. We give to the poor. We give to the needies. So it's not just to the look. We also give to death. And those are things we will teach much later. Third John 1 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews 13 verse 1. It says, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Believers in the book of Acts were taught to give. Acts 2 verse 42 to 44 to 45. They gave in all their proceeds since they sold their possession and they parted to them all that need and the sales of lands of houses and every man had need so giving was done generously so as you are making money in the, at work as you are collecting um stipend and everything uh -uh. this is uh, Utilo Jonah Tony the Jonah. Ah uh ah, -uh. Tony can sleep hot out to me like this. 3 p.m. Tony Bensi. Uluwa Tony Ola. Uluwa Tony. Um, what's your other name? Sir? Uh, no, no, princess that sleeps in service. Is that a princess? <laughs> princess that sleeps in service. That cannot be princess. Um, what's it your name? Moyo. No, it's not you that is Moyo. Uh, 
Bisola, Biso. That's what they used to call her when she was your Biso. <laughs> oh, yes, it's recorded. Biso. Biso, Jonah. Tony, Biso, Jonah. Ah, ah. TJ. Eh? Tony Jonah. <laughs> That's your trademark. That's it. Abraham, God bless you. TJ. So go and do shirts. Inscribe it. You should go, you should go and do shirts. Inscribe it. TJ. Tony Jonah. <laughs> I like this. Tony Jonah. Ah, uh ah. -uh, he go. If I were going to change my name on your phone. On my phone. Tony Jonah. Then be so. I will not bracket it. Be so. I told you if you sleep with this bit, I told you from the first day. Did I not see it? <laughs> so why are you surprised? Uh, the word is hearing this. Be so. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Look the scripture. All the proceeds of the sale of the land. And you know now we are now online. It's not Google Drive again where you are eating. You don't know who will click on this now. God be looking for B-Saw. Is it Tony Jonah, TJ? <laughs> That's, I like that. <laughs> TJ. We should not go and call Noah and NJ. Noah Jonah. <laughs> no, no, it's not Noah. Noah Jonah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Noah is not a Jonah. Noah cannot be. I've not seen Noah doze before. But he used to doze. But I've not seen him. <laughs> Alright. Are we blessed? Are you getting blessed? Let's see how we can try to want to in it. You know, in it. That's how we can want to want to close. Hallelujah. So this is the sold of their proceeds. The sales of land are brought it forward to distribution as they had need. So it says as every man did, so they gave to the poor. So the apostles instructed that they give generously to believers. So they willingly sold their lands, their properties, and not without compassion, not, not, not that they gave and gave and they gave without compulsion. To meet the needs of others. You see in Acts 4 verse 32 to, to, to 37. You see also in Acts 11 verse 28. When Agabus, Acts 11 28 to 29. When Agabus signified all of those things. He says every man give according to their ability. Ability there means how prosperous they are. They gave. He says then they determined to send really. That word determined replies to mark out or to fix. In other words, each believers at the time, at that time, decided or determined to choose their own volition of how they will support. So they all gave willingly. You see in Acts 20, verse 35, it says, I show you all things, laboring as ye supposed to support the weak. So you see that these are church's responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Acts 20, verse 34. So giving is necessary. Tell your neighbor, say, giving is necessary. Yeah. In Acts 20, verse 34, it says, You know yourself how that my hands have ministered unto my necessities. 
In verse 35, he says, by so doing, by so laboring, you ought to support the weak. So when he says, by so laboring, you ought to support the weak, he shows the fact that believers ought to generously give to meet the need of others. So it is clear that the consistent activity of the book of Acts is that believers sow their possession to give generously. And in that four, he says, none of them lack. In that four, verse 34, he says, no one lacked. Are you seeing it now? Are you seeing it now? So what's number one? Teaching. Teaching. Number two? Prayer. Number three? Number three, four? Giving. Giving is necessary. So are you seeing how to hold church services? There will be prayer. You will teach, right? You tell them about churches and you take them for it. Are you collect of it? <laughs> no pass that one. Abby? Why will we sing? Teaching is a reflection of the songs. Does that make sense? Not all of those things. So, what of when you are discipling those who are not identified with the local church? What of that? As we start to want to want to close. When we are discipling those who are not identified with the local church, because you see so most of them in evangelism and all of those things, and they are not identified with local church and all of those things. This class of people, the first point of call is for them to be established in your church. Don't just say, go to a believing church. What's the meaning of that? How many Bible-believing church do you know? You know, some people say, get, they, they will preach the gospel. You preach the gospel, you go to the person field, you know, say, get a Bible-believing church. So your own church is not Bible-believing. What's the meaning of that? Bring them to your own. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's important for you to know that you cannot call someone your disciple if he or she does not follow you to church. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I did this, I did this in exhortation of prayer and discipleship. I told you, we, we studied that we said some people are embryos. No, embryos. Embryos. <laughs> so we're embryos like that. Uh, uh, uh. Psalm 68, verse 6. He says, God set that. Look at it. Go there. Psalm 68, verse 6. Psalm 68, verse 6. Hallelujah. Have you been learning? Oh. So you are seeing discipleship activities in the church, right? Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God suffered the solitaries in family. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. So, let me tell you the truth. The importance of gathering cannot be overemphasized. Hebrews 10, go to Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25. Let's be there, let's be there. You should be there now. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. Are you there now? Show me. Show me. Why did you open that page? I knew he was liar. He's liar. L-A. Liar Abraham. L-A. T-J-L-A. No, we won't call a believer liar. He's a born again. He's born again. Hallelujah. Ah. Jonah is a name. 
<laughs> Somebody is a prophet. <laughs> so Tony Jonah. Is that a zebra? That's that's violent. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> All right, Hebrews ten, verse twenty-four to twenty-five. Are you there? He says, "Let us consider one another to provoke unto love." And to good works, right? Yes. Not what? Not what? <laughs> so he said, not forsaking the assemblies of the brethren. So the writer of evil warned against the attitude of believers ignoring meetings. Don't allow your disciple stay at home on a Sunday. Why? On your meeting day. He emphasized the consistent gatherings with other believers. Look at 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. Go there, go there, you should be there. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. Are you there? Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. Are you there now? Yes, it says, in the name of what? Our Lord Jesus when ye are what? In my spirit and with power by the Lord Jesus. First Corinthians 11, 7. Look at it. Let's read it together. I want to ready go. I'll wait for you. First Corinthians 11, 17. Sorry. 11, 17. Let's read it together. You have to come together. You just have to. Because if you read all of these things, he was teaching about their, if you read it from 11 to 34, he was, read, he was talking about their gathering. In 1 Corinthians 14, 23 to 26, you will see the gathering again. So the essence of gathering, when believer is, of the believer, is to provoke love and good works. Because in, first, in Hebrews 10 verse 24, he says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. So good work will refer to the work of ministry that he has taught earlier. Because you see in Hebrews 6 verse 10, he says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Hebrews 6 verse 10. Ah, <laughs> that's serious. So in discipleship, the end goal must therefore be to ensure that such a one, or just like every believer, become fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. Romans 12 verse 11, not slothful in being fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. So the activities of the local church, we are seeing them. So they are required for them to be fervent in it. They are fervent in the teaching ministry, they are fervent in prayer, they are fervent in evangelism, they are fervent in giving. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're just looking at certain, 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 um, certain um, areas. Are you getting what I'm saying, guys? So, he has, so one thing is ensure that your, your disciples is consistent in church. 
Ensure. Ensure that he's fervent in, in church. Don't allow your believer, your, your disciple, stay home. In Romans 12, verse 7, it says, of ministry. Let us wait on Romans 12, verse 7 to, to, to 13. You will see the activities are necessary for believers. They are necessary for new converts. Don't think you are stressing them. That's devilish. Hope you understand it now. Hope you understand it. That being in you, talking to your disciple, going to knock their door, going to get them, is not that you are stressing them, right? Texting them always is not that you are stressing them, right? Yes, sir. Questions that may arise in discipleship. Let's look at some few questions. Can I attend any church or more than one church? Let's look at some questions that some people can ask you. I'll just pick on some few things. There's a teaching I'm going to do this year. Answering perplexing questions, we'll study all of those things later. Questions that may arise in discipleship. Can I attend any church or more than one church? It's important to know that. It's important for you to go to a church where you are accountable, where they know you. Just like in this place. Now, all of us, we know you, Abby. You are accountable, Abby. Everybody, we have, we are any one family, Abby. Because church is God's order in our Christian lives. God puts you in church so that your life can have order. Hence, every disciple should attend the local church for the purpose of order. The reason, so now we can look at you. We can speak about you. We can give account of you. Abby? So every disciple, everybody must be able to attend the local church for the purpose of order in his life. A believer ought to therefore be found in meetings in his local church. The teaching meetings, right? The prayer meetings, right? The evangelistical meetings, right? Right? He must be found in those in the Holy Ghost meetings. He must be found in those things. The workers' meetings, just like we are having this. He must be found. And this includes the teaching meetings, the prayer meetings, and every other thing that are put together by the local leadership of the local church. He must be found there. Just like our ministry, we have camp meetings. We have mission is possible. Did your disciples must be found there. Workers' retreats like this, your disciples will be there. No more Sunday service, have you? Miracles are extraordinary. Your, your disciples must be there. So this implies that being found in a good local church provides the person opportunity for guidance to forge beneficial relationship. See all of you now, you know who to talk to, right? Beneficial relationships. Oversight. Some of you, I see your report, you say, this person is helping me out with scholarship opportunity. This person is helping me. Are you, are you seeing it? Those are what the local church does. Oversight. Somebody can look at you and tell you, you are wrong. And thank God, me. Oh, I will tell you. I don't know how to deceive people. Me, I will tell you. See, let me tell you one thing that you should be happy that you have. I will, not, I will never deceive you. Even for my facial expression, if I know how to talk, you will have noticed that my face. <laughs> you are telling you, hmm. you will have been noticing me for my face. I will not deceive you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Oversight, care, guidance, discipline. They will be able to discipline you. 
don't want to live an independent life. You do something wrong, we come upon you and say we give you punishment. Don't want to want to, you know, in it to, to be yourself. In Ephesians 4, verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So the purpose of accountability, oversight, is so so the local church is for the purpose of accountability. Are you seeing it? Oversight. You are you have somebody who looks over your life. That's the work of the pastor. Consistency in doctrine. They are teaching you the same thing. You are growing. Not that today you will hear. Moleku, moleku. The money you hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You hear another one? Are you getting what I'm saying? They don't be hearing different things. So that's how their life is. They'll go to one church, do something. They'll go to another church, another something. They'll go to another church. Just hear different doctrine. No consistency. They have a telling. But I think, because of the so many junks they fed on, the year, the God can kill today. The year in that place, the, the enemies, is it actually the enemies that can kill God? The year in that one, God cannot do evil. They don't want ah. They pray the polite prayer here. That my eyes of understanding will be enlightened. They don't go to another place. Every destiny that wants to destinalize your destiny. Ah, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Ooh! <laughs> by my fire and by not my head, not my blood. Ah, not my head, not my blood. This January, this 2023, not my head, not my blood. Operation Fire for Fire, battle acts in the in the in the demonic of the spiritual of the operating realm. You know, my pastor was telling us that when they were younger, he said they used to mention the name of a church because they know that the church will not be it until they heard the name of a church. They said the apostolic faith has overcome the apostolic church of God mission. You know that the apostolic faith has overcome the apostolic church. <laughs> and he said that's the name of a church too. <laughs> And you say that's where you want to go. So you want to be going to different churches because you don't want to submit somewhere. Your life is in disorder. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? You have a focus and a direction already. Does that make sense? It brings stability. It makes you, it makes you know what you are focusing on in life. It brings you, so you have it because a rolling stone gathers no moss. A rolling stone gathers no moose. Because in, in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 14, it says, But continue in the things which thou hast learnt, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. So it is necessary for the believer to find one local church and be committed in it. Say, I have found a church, and I'm committed there. That's good. I mean, we are not a church. <laughs> Before, it didn't look like it. <laughs> but now it's beginning to pick up. Because now we are not doing my natural community church. 
Na vina happy. Ya flyer, ya this. I'm just joking. <laughs> Can I have one, another question? Can I have more than one pastor? <laughs> Can I have more than one pastor? The church of Corinth faced this problem. They faced it. They faced it. They were exposed to multiple pastors. And this generated into strife, division, and it tempered or hindered their spiritual growth. So that Paul had to tell him in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1, I cannot speak unto you as unto. He said, I could, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but unto Sukana, even as unto babes in Christ. You see from that, from um, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 to 4. So the major reason for in that growth and instability is plurality of leadership. One voice must speak. Does that make sense? If you don't want to hinder the growth of your disciples, make sure we are saying the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes, make sure that it's the same thing. Make sure they are hearing the same voice. Plurality of leadership. Yes, you are leading them in the server place, but there is still the what? The pastor. Yes, you are pastoring other places. Plurality of leadership. It hinders those things. So they were not committed to a pastor. They had Paul in that church in Corinth. They had Peter. They had Apollos. Some were even claiming that Jesus was their pastor. That's the stupid thing, never. Say, Jesus is your pastor. Let him come down and pastor you. Who will give account of your life? Jesus. So say, Jesus is my pastor. I don't, I don't believe I need to submit to a man. And you are submitted to your job. They tell you to do over time. You cannot take off. Just do the, you want to go and submit off time. They say no. And you are not submitted to the job. It's that people's mindset is no, they're not thinking straight. That's why Paul told them in 1 Corinthians 1 11, we say, some we say, I am for Apollos, I am for Kephas, I am for the because there were so many people that were too many issues going on in that church. So many issues. They were not committed to a minister who wants to make them accountable. They were following several ministers. So who will be in the church and be following another pastor online? I said, I just receiving from that ministry. I just enjoy the ministry. You are just going to be stable. Me, I have just one pastor. And that's the pastor all of you have known me since. Since you have met me. All of you. One. One pastor. I don't have two people I'm following. Me that you are looking at, I don't have two. This is my pastor. So, that's why he told them in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 14 to 16. He told them, he said, I beseech you be you followers of me. Follow me. That's what he told them. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he told them, Follow me even as I am of Christ. Paul called them sons, but they ought to be accountable and committed to him. He told them to follow him. So, having found the local church, the believer ought to be committed there. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you are, what, so are you see that your responsibility is to even get the person to be listening to the word so that he is committed to the ministry. Are you seeing it? Because, and he is there primarily and the leadership and the pastor of that church. Another question you will face. 
because as you, as you keep growing in doing ministry, you will see here a different question. Should I attend where I receive salvation? Or should I attend where spiritual growth was being ministered to me? No, attend the evil. <laughs> let's end in this question and let's call it a retreat. Are you getting me? Amen. So the believer ought to be committed to where his spiritual growth is being ministered to him. Where you have built doctrine. Where doctrine was built to you. Timothy's parents were Christians. They must have been responsible for his salvation. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. But they were not responsible for his spiritual growth. That is why Timothy was found in church. But Paul, Paul called him his son. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 he says, Therefore my son. Paul did not call him his son because he led him to Christ. Paul called him his son because he better spiritual growth within him. Are you seeing the difference now? That is it. Where did you grow spiritually? Where did they teach you God's word? Where did you, where, are you getting what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry, there was a pastor. He's already a pastor serving under another pastor because he went to have issues with the pastor. He, has already, he was pastoring the branch of this pastor. He went back to his parent church. He said, no. And the parent church, are, I don't think they are teaching what he is teaching. Because of issue, strife. Ensure that there is no strife in your midst. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why I told you. Once you have any issue in your heart, quickly what? Quickly what? Quickly what? Speak up. Don't let the devil come with you. Just stay there. Just stay there. Why should he be doing like that? Don't let him, let him be blowing wind. Wind of discouragement into you. Speak up. Avoid strife. Are you getting what I'm saying? Avoid contention. Avoid issues with people. Avoid it. Avoid fights. Avoid all of those things. So Paul was responsible for his spiritual... Paul was responsible for, for Timothy's spiritual growth. That's why Paul told him in 2 Timothy 3.15, As from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So the essence of a church to the believer is that he will receive spiritual development. How many of you know that in our church you will receive spiritual development? How many of you know? Ah, uh, you will grow now. If a person is saved, and spiritual development is not happening. It means they've not found the church. Are you seeing it now? Now, this question is two-sided. I want, I want you to be able to open your eyes to see things. Some people are sat in churches, but they are not growing. Are you seeing it now? Are you seeing that we need to still reach them? So, because if they are in churches where spiritual development is not being done or not constantly ministered to them, after, after salvation, they need to grow. Because First Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes desire the systemic of the world, that you will grow thereby. Second Peter 3, verse 18 says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus. So the church is where growth is ministered to. So the church, so you, so, you know, it's just like, I'll say this off air. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something off air. So, the church is where people are being, growth is constantly ministered to. 
and that will lead to your spiritual growth. So as seen earlier, spiritual growth is as when a disciple is committed to a pastor and a teacher. Paul said in 1 Timothy 3 verse 14, Continue in the things which thou hast learned, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. One can just only imagine if all believers are hopping from one church to another. <laughs> that would be that would be chaos now. It is important for a disciple to find a place where he will grow spiritually and just agree. Are you getting what I'm saying? And just decide that this is my this is my life. This is forever. We are not planning to end church tomorrow. No, it is forever. Our children, 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 children will still be here when we are preaching and be preaching it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's forever. We have come to stay forever. That's why you pray for us. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it is important that a disciple find a place where the spiritual growth is being ministered to him and stay there. And that place that he can find, Supernatural Community Church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Spiritual growth is by the word of God. So the local church is a place for spiritual exercise. Jesus took his disciples to pray. He said, follow me. And they were sleeping. He kept coming back to, re to, to reprimand them because they were sleeping. The church is a place for spiritual exercise, spiritual activity. Go and do this assignment. Go and listen to that message. Go and pray. Go and bring your disciple. Go and do this. Go and give. A place for spiritual development. The local church brings order to your life. I don't know if you see that your life is stable. You just have a sense of focus. I don't know if you see that. That is because you are in a local church. It brings order. It brings order. It brings direction to your life. And it is a place where the leadership is responsible for your spiritual growth. I owe you God's word. I owe you the responsibility to teach you. I owe you. It is my commitment. That's why I was called. That's why I'm the pastor. I owe you. So my responsibility is to ensure that all of you are growing in the world. And supernatural relationships are vital. I close this way. Supernatural relationships have been developed in the local church. One of the results of growth, because one thing growth does is stability. Having found a local church where you are effectively taught God's word, you must be committed to it wholly. Attending Sunday service will only mean that a believer is being selective. You have to attend all meetings. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have to attend all meetings. Be like Timothy. Are you getting what I'm saying? Be like Timothy. Be like Timothy. So, despite Paul did not get Timothy saved, if you read in Acts 16 verse 1 to 3, Paul, Timothy was already in the church. Despite Paul did not get Timothy saved, Paul still called him his son because spiritual fatherhood is not necessarily the person that got you saved. No. It is the person who is responsible for your spiritual growth. That's spiritual fatherhood. That's why you see in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, he says, he says, you should, he says, my son. In verse 18, he says, I charge thee, Timothy, according to the prophecies. Look at, look at how we end this meeting. Second Timothy, look at Second Timothy. Second Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2. I, I, I want to give you the same instruction, all of you. 
as, as we end this meeting, this, this evening, as you return back to your cities, return back to your nations, your places, your counties, to go and do God's word, 1 Timothy 2. Verse 1. No, it's 2 Timothy 2 1. Sorry. 2 Timothy 2 1. He says, Be strong in the Lord. He says, Be strong. He says, He says, Bear for my soul. Be strong in the Lord. He now says, And in and in grace, mercy and peace of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. In our says, and the things, hmm, is that what I'm reading? In our says, and the things which thou hast heard of me, commit unto faithful men, which shall be able to teach others also. Second Timothy 2 1. I'm coming, give me a minute. So look at the 2 Timothy 2. In verse 1. That's, that's where I'm going to. It says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In our says, And the things in verse 2, which thou hast heard of me, commit unto what? Faithful people. As you leave this meeting, the things I have committed to you, the things I have taught you, you commit unto who? You commit unto what? Faithful men. Paul now told them later, he said, these things are charge. I commit unto thee, Timothy, the prophecies which went before thee, that my way good warfare with them. You have received God's word. You've received directions. You've received correction. Wage a good warfare with them. Pray with the things you have learned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As you leave this meeting, avoid distractions. Avoid what? Distractions. Avoid distractions. Avoid distraction from friends. Family, school, all of those things. Avoid distraction. Be focused. Be focused. We have a mission of the world to reach. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have mission. Avoid distractions. Social media. Your different friends. I'm telling you this by the Spirit of God. One of the things I wrote down in this meeting, avoid distractions as you go. You already see the activities of a local church because a believer must diligently and search for a local church where spiritual goal will be ministered to him. As your pastor, I can tell you, the year is a good year. It's a wild harvest. It's a beautiful one. But see, avoid distractions. Are you getting what I'm saying? Avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. I've stay away from all warranted friends. Stay away from them. All warranted friends. Friends that are not going your destination. The only thing you owe them is the gospel. Are you hearing me, guys? Don't allow another friend lead you astray. Avoid distractions. Tell your neighbor, say, avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. I leave you with those words as you go to your city, that you are not carried away with entertainment, you are not carried away with so many things, you are not carried away with your job, carried away with this. We have the word to reach. Tell your neighbor, say, you have the word to reach. So avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. Avoid it. Avoid distractions. Avoid strange relationships. As you go, as you enter your city, as you enter your nation, as you enter your work, your ministry place of assignment, your Eden, as you enter that place God has planted you, avoid distractions. Focus on your work. Are you hearing me? Focus on how you want to multiply. Are you hearing me? Focus on how you want to grow. Are you hearing me? Focus on that. Keep your unity. Keep your unity. Don't walk in strife. Are you getting what I'm saying? Avoid strange relationships. And walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And be led of God. And not just that. Please, obey God. Obey God. As you leave Sight and Sound 2023, as you go, you've learned discipleship, right? You've learned wild harvest. You've learned making disciples. When your pastor teaches, he has committed God's word to your hands. Now you are left with a mandate to go and produce results with this. That is what happens. That's why when Paul says, prophecies has gone ahead of thee, that thou mayest wage a good warfare. I've given you all of these words to go and wage warfare with them. That's why I taught you fighting the war. So you've seen that it's not easy, right? Right, guys? It's work, right? So you have work to do. Tell your neighbor, say you have work to do. So you are going to, you're not going to be focusing on another person's assignment. You're not going to be focusing on what is going on in another person's ministry location or gisting with what is going on in your own ministry. Focus on your work. Are you hearing me? Focus on your cell. Focus on your cell members. You want them to be stable, right? You want them to also be teaching, right? Focus on that. As you go, as you leave Sight and Sound 2023, focus. Avoid distraction. Keep your unity. Avoid unwarranted friends and walk in the Spirit and obey God. 
I'll say it again. Avoid distractions. Distractions will come in every form. Family pressures will come. Distraction. School. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. Hey, one thing in school. Let's do this. It's a distraction. It's just to take more time from you so that you will not have time for God's work. It's a distraction. Oh yeah, let's do this, let's do this. Ah, that opportunity is so loomy. The opportunity is just too enticing. It's a distraction. It's just so that you will not focus on the assignment. Ah, that job is paying $1 million, but you'll be working 15 hours every day. You know that if you work 15 hours, you will not be able to make disciples. It's a distraction. Avoid unwarranted friends. Friends that are not going your path. You preach to them, you've done everything. They do not want to listen, they don't do it. Avoid, just avoid them. Avoid unwarranted friends. Keep your unity. Don't walk in strife. I want to see you in 2024. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to see you in 2054, 2053, 2073. Are you hearing me? By then, we we would have reached the nations. Are you hearing me? Yes, Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, we'll be talking in 2017 and say, remember when we said in 2023 that we'll be reaching in there and we'll be rejoicing. And we'll be saying we are going for more. Yes, Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, so there's work to do, right? Yes, Making disciples. It's a year of wild abyss by the Spirit of God. And I pray you will not know regrets. Where you have cried, where you have cried in pains, in your tears, the Lord will comfort you. Amen. Stability has come. Amen. Increase has come. Amen. Multiplicity has Amen. come. Wild harvest is here. Amen. Friends that will not go your way. Uluwa, bami bawadam. Amen. Men, devils, who want to come and distract you? Oh Lord, Baba, Bami Yonkuru. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you from the bottom of my heart. The limitations are gone. The limitations in your mind are gone. You will not know pain. You will not know sorrow. You will not weep over anyone. You will multiply. Amen. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. God's word has been committed to you in this meeting. Pray in the Holy Ghost.